So how are you emotionally? How are you? And that's kind of a loaded question. You know, well, I'm kind of there. Um, some days are better than other days. Some days I feel like I'm on a roller coaster up and down. And by the end of the day, we're not sure whether it's going to be on the down or the up. Where are you? Some people say, well, I just can't feel anymore. I'm kind of numb, numb. Others would say irritated. So I got in the car with, with Elizabeth the other day, and we're driving down the road, and I'm, I just turn on the news, and she says, Dad, please, please, don't turn on the news. She made a deal with the Lord that she wasn't going to listen to any news because it's agitating sometimes, right? The same thing over and over and over and over again. And how about the COVID protocol? Anybody got a mask? Where's my mask? I don't have a mask. Visions of these uh, videos going through your mind of people throwing coffee or hitting each other over a mask or not wearing a mask and all this anger and everyone is triggered. So today's sermon title is, Are You Triggered? The word triggered. Have you been triggered? Are you triggered? Are you triggering other people? People are getting in the fight because someone isn't wearing a mask. How about identifying microaggressions? Microaggressions. What a word, right? When did it become part of our vocabulary? Well, you looked at me the wrong way, so I, I feel triggered and you're, you're, you're dissing me. You know, back in the day, we used to say diss. You know, you dissed me. And guys, it's all about respect, but it's all having to do with our emotions. What are our emotions and how can we detox from this toxic world? People are going through the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and sometimes we have to detox our bodies, right? Tell our bodies to slow down and shut up. No more sugar for you. Cut the carbs. Push back from the sweets and the candies and the donuts. And we're, we're slowing down and detoxing from what's toxic. So we have to do that emotionally. Proverbs 22, 24 out of the Message Bible says this, 24 and 25. Don't hang out with angry people. I mean, how simple can you be? Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. So there is a virus that's infecting people called COVID-19. But there's another virus that's infecting people called anger. And we are coming down to the wire on this election. And I'm here to tell you, it, the, I, this, is, the, this doesn't make me a prophet, but I can tell you the closer that we get to the election, the more emotional it will be. And the economic uncertainty... Do you guys realize that it is a plan? It, it, it is a, uh, a scheme to point to everything that's wrong before an election. You guys realize that, right? 
so that we can say this is right and this is wrong and this is bad and this is who's going to fix it, right? The racial tension, it's not anything new. It didn't just happen four years ago. It's, it's been around, right? And so with the political division and the upcoming elections and the racial tension, how toxic is the world and how angry people are? People are infected with anger and it's time to get vaccinated. How can we be vaccinated against the anger of the world? Ephesians 4.26 says this, New Living Translation, Ephesians 4.26, don't let sin or don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And over 33 years of marriage, there's been times where we've stayed up really, really, really late, or you can say really, really, really early, trying to overcome that anger and work out a solution and, and find out what happened and why we were in the middle of some angry fight in the middle of the night. And so we're all human. That's why the scripture's in there. If we were all perfect little angels flying around, then we wouldn't need the scripture to bring us back to the truth that, hey, we become passionate about certain things. God gave us emotions and we get involved in what we are standing for, fighting for, right? But don't let anger control you and eventually get you into sin. So here, here's how anger works. A thought comes. A feeling follows the thought. And then an action is the result of thinking the thought and feeling the feeling. Emotions are good. Why, why do we say emotions are good? Because God gave us emotions. God gave us emotions so that we could relate and respond to others. That's the reason that God gave us emotions, so that we could relate and respond to others. How about the scripture that Jesus is touched with the feeling of our weaknesses? Jesus felt all the emotions that we feel, yet he was without sin. And so that's why he can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses or our, our infirmities. Compassion, when we move with compassion towards other people, it's because we can sympathize and empathize with them. The feelings that we feel are so that we can respond to other people as God wants us to respond right out of faith and not out of the emotions so god gave us emotions god gave us emotions we have to sanctify those emotions we have to set those emotions apart so that god can show us how to work with those emotions and not against those emotions but the enemy has a plan for every plan of God the enemy has a counter plan a counter attack if you will and so the enemy understands emotions 
And the enemy's plan is to draw you out into your emotions so that you will get angry and out, act out in the flesh. The thought comes, the feeling comes, and the action follows. And how many times has the enemy been successful at drawing you out into the flesh, getting you to act out in the flesh, and then pointing the finger at you? Right? Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. In the same chapter that we talked about not letting the sun go down on our anger and not letting anger control us, Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, and slander be put away from you. Well, we can't do that naturally. We can't do that on our own. We have to have a helper that's stronger than we are. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could take self-control, which is through the Spirit, and learn how to control our emotions. If we're going to put away all of this stuff, it says, along with, put away all of this stuff with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence, and then verse 32 says, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another, readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. So, the vaccine for anger is the love of God. It's remembering how much God loves you and how much God forgave you so that you can extend that forgiveness and compassion and love towards somebody else. Psalm 37, verse 8. New Living Translation says, Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. It only leads to harm. Remember the one thing that Jesus said identifies the body of Christ is the love that we have for one another. And the love that Jesus had for the world brought him to earth and took him to the cross. The love that he had. He wasn't just doing a job. He truly loved you and I, which drew him to the cross. God the Father was not pushing Jesus down the road with a cross on his back so that he could prove that he was the Son of God. Jesus was moved with compassion and was drawn to the sacrifice of his body and shedding of his blood because he loved us. And so the vaccine for anger is love. 
What the world needs now is love. Sounds like a song, right? <laughs> Those who are old enough remember that song. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs> right, but we know the person of love is, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, God is love. So we could substitute love for God. What the world needs right now is God, who is love through the body of Christ. How many in the body of Christ are in this place today and how many are connected out there? If, if you're part of the body of Christ, you have the love of God in you. It's up to us to release the love of God at this critical time that we're living in because the world is not looking for someone to be right. The world is looking for someone to love them like Jesus loved them. Jesus didn't come to the earth to prove that he was right. Jesus came to prove that he would do the right thing. You, you ever notice when you get in a fight? I mean, it's like the fight is on. I'm going to prove that I'm right. But the minute you begin to fight, you start drawing the wall. You start building the wall. You start digging the ditch. And you might prove that you're right, but every time you have to prove you're right to someone that you used to call your friend, it was because you pushed them away to prove that you're right. Jesus didn't come to prove he was right. He came to prove that he loved us. So the world is looking for the body of Christ to prove that you love me. Prove that you love me. We've got to get out of our emotions, guys, and start walking after the spirit, not after the flesh, right? God doesn't want us to be unemotional either. Because, again, the purpose for God giving us our emotions is so we could have compassion or connect with people, so that we could empathize, sympathize, so the Holy Spirit could reveal what someone's going through to us. He doesn't want us to be controlled by our emotions. So he gave us our emotions so that we could connect with others, so that we could respond and relate to others, not so that we, we would be controlled by or we would react to others from our emotions. So we have the choice. We choose to respond or we choose to react. To react or to respond. Do we respond or do we react? Or do we react or do we respond? Every situation, do I react or do I respond? If I respond, I respond from my heart. If I react, I react from my head. Reactions happen because people feel like they have to defend themselves. I have to defend my right to be right. I'm right, I know it, and I'm going to make you see that I'm right. Write this down. Hurt people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. So when someone comes at you trying to hurt you, remember that, that hurt people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. There's a reason that people react 
you may not be that reason. When you encounter someone that's angry, don't think that you're the one that made them angry. Just realize that maybe they're at a tough place in their life. They've been beaten down, abused, hurt, betrayed. And the reason that they're re reacting to you is because they're hurt. There was some research that went on about the brain and how it operated. And I'm not going to get into all that, but you can read about it. You can Google it. But there is a, a, a split second of time, a quarter of a second, one-fourth of a second, where our mind connects with our actions. The thought connects with our actions. And I see that as a, as a chance for us to give control to the Holy Spirit or take control for ourselves. The thought comes, are we hearing the person that's coming against us? Or are we hearing the Holy Spirit within us? That's our choice. You know, someone studied Jesus' emotions that he, that are recorded in the Bible. They said that he displayed 13, 39, 39 different emotions. 39 different emotions. And so when I'm reading things in the word, situations that Jesus was in, you know, we use the, we use the little acronym WWJD, what would Jesus do? Sometimes I put myself in that situation, and I'm uh, WWBD, what would Bruce do? So if I'm Jesus and I'm in that situation, I'm thinking, you know, if I was Jesus and uh, Martha came to me and said, hey, my sister, she won't work. I'm doing all the work. She's not doing any of the work. Tell her to get busy. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Jesus, what would I do? Jesus was patient with Martha. He could have gotten upset at Martha. There was another time that Martha came to him. Remember her brother had died. Jesus came. And she said, if you'd have been here just a few days ago, he wouldn't have died. At that point, Jesus had to decide, am I going to respond or am I going to react? In all of those situations, Jesus responded, not out of anger, but out of compassion. Not out of righteousness, his righteousness, but out of an understanding place, forgiving place, that he understand, understood where that person was and he drew that person to him. How about when Jesus realized at the Last Supper when Judas was going to betray him? Could have got angry, could have stood up, could have exiled Judas, but he handled himself in a way that he actually ministered the love of God in that situation. Peter, when Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times, it was out of love that he said that. 
not out of anger. How about when Thomas saw Jesus walking through the wall? And Thomas said, no, I don't, I don't believe unless I'm going to, unless I touch you. Again, Jesus didn't react. He responded. Anger did not have place in Jesus. Even when Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple, and people use that as, a, as an example. See, Jesus, he, he, he finally stood up and he did what needed to be done, and that's why I'm doing what... Wait. Jesus didn't degrade any person in that situation. It was all about the zeal that, the zeal that he had for his father's house and what was going on in the house, not with the individual person. Listen, just because God confronts does not mean that he's acting out of anger. So look at James. We're going to see what we need to do. James chapter 1, verse 19. How do we handle anger? This is the amplified version. James 1, 19 says... Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, which is that standard of behavior which God requires from us. So here's a, a three-step easy thing to remember. First of all, we have to think about what we're hearing. Think about what you're hearing. Be quick to hear. Be quick to hear, which means you have to open your ears and close your mouth. Be quick to hear. Listen to what's being said, but also listen to the Holy Spirit. Think about what you're hearing. Number two, choose to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help you hear what's being said. Husbands and wives, listen. <laughs> Selah. Think about this. Let the Holy Spirit show you what your spouse needs. Proverbs, Proverbs 15, verse 1 says this way. This is a powerful, powerful scripture. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Respond gently when you are confronted, and you'll diffuse the rage of another. King James Version says, um, a quiet answer turns away wrath. But I like the passion. Respond gently when you're confronted and you will diffuse the rage of another. So immediately you know what's more powerful when you respond gently. A gentle response is more powerful than anger and rage. Because it said, responding with a sharp, cutting word will only make it worse. 
How many can say amen to that? For sure. Right? We've proven that out. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest of men? So number one, think about what you're hearing. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And he will help you and give you the words to respond. And then number three, choose not to react with anger, but respond with forgiveness. Forgiveness always wins. Love always wins. Forbearance is forgiveness in advance. Determine that it doesn't matter what anybody does to you, you're already in the mode of forgiveness. I choose to forgive even before I'm offended. It works. It works. And so, for those that are angry, got a lot of smiles on this side in this building. For those that are angry, think about it. Why am I angry? Is it because I've been, I've, I've been affected by my environment? Conditioned? I'm saying, guys, listen. It's only going to get more heated between now and the end of the year. Listen, the enemy's trying to get the church divided. You, sh you shouldn't go back to church. You should go back to church. You shouldn't go back to church. You should go back to church. Guys, we are the church. Understand about the dynamics of buildings and corporate worship. But the more I stand up here and say, you should be here, you should be here, you should be here, I'm dividing that line between people who are on the other side watching this service right now. My mother is one of them. She, because of her immune system, she would like to be here in that chair, but she's chosen not to do that. She's 20 years older than I am, and so you do the math. I'll be 57 in November. I love my mother. I want to protect my mother. She wants to come to church, and I say, wait, right? But if I'm constantly, hey, if you have faith, you'll be in church. It's another thing in California where the governor says nobody can meet and nobody can sing, and right? I believe in our constitutional rights. That's another another discussion for another time. But guys, listen, the enemy is, he, he's sly. He wants us to get upset at us and to argue over things that really don't matter. So think about if you're upset, if you're angry, why am I upset? Why am I angry? What is it going to produce? Because people are not your enemy. People are not your enemy. We have to forgive and we have to love. It's the love of God that overcomes every obstacle. 
every plan of the enemy and we have to re respond instead of react we have to choose to respond instead of react we have to choose to forgive so let's right now let's pray ask the Lord to help us to show us Father, I'm asking, first of all, to show us if we're, if we're spending too much time involved in the anger of the world and becoming inflamed with, with the things that are going on in the world. Because we know, Lord, that the flesh fighting against the flesh never wins show us individually and show us as a church father where our place of peace is and how to respond instead of react during this time of prayer Lord show us if there's, if there's things that we need to drop off things that we need to set aside so that we can hear your voice more clearly and not get entangled in the battles that are being fought in this political arena, in, this, in these areas, Father. Because prayer is our most effective position. It's, it's our most effective activity, Lord, as the body of Christ to pray. When Jesus was pressed, he was at the end. He was making that decision to respond from his heart. He went to prayer. So Lord, show us how important and how powerful prayer is at this moment. Father, we do pray for our country. We pray for the body of Christ. First of all, that we recognize that we have a common enemy, that that enemy is not each other. But that if we would walk in the Spirit and stay in the Spirit, operate in, in your word, we would, be win, we would win. Lord, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit right now. Again. So that we would walk and live and move and have our being in the spirit, Lord. That our words would be seasoned with grace. That they minister grace to the hearers. Thank you for using us as Jesus was used. He was moved with compassion. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Father, I ask you to use us this week to heal those that are brokenhearted, heal those that have been used and abused. Use us to heal people that are all around us, our neighbors and those that we work with, those that we come in contact with. By your power, by your grace, Lord, let us be sensitive emotionally 
but not triggered with anger. In Jesus' name. Let me just pray for somebody that if you need Jesus, if you need to connect with Jesus, if you need to begin to follow Jesus, that's, that's why we're here. The harvest is on. Listen, if, if you're born again, we're, we are one day closer to our eternal reward today. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I'm going to make sure that I'm working harder and harder and with more effort and more passion and more drive each day that I'm alive on this earth. And I realize the reason that I'm here more and more is for other people, other people to hear the gospel, to receive Jesus and begin to follow him. So if you're watching today, this is your day. If you're here in the, in the building and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, this is your day right now, right here. And it happens just by a decision in your heart. I can't tell by somebody's raised hand whether they're making that decision or not. Only God knows the heart. A lot of times we have people raise their hand just to show us and show everybody else that they're serious. You know whether you're serious or not. And it's a, it's a sacred moment between you and your heavenly father. So if that's you, I want to help you say the words from your heart to connect with him. So let's pray. Let's everyone just, if you're serious about following Jesus, say these words, heavenly father, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I'm choosing today to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die for me, to forgive me of my sins, and to give me the gift of salvation. Today I receive eternal life in your presence forever with you through the sacrifice of Jesus. I declare that Jesus is my Lord today and forever. I'm choosing to follow him in Jesus' name. So that's, guys, that's why we're here.